Welcome to episode 47 of A Beer with Sam and Peter. You, sound, you say that like... Are I we just, serious? Uh, Sam, you say that like I, I just didn't tell you that it was episode 47. I know. Like, like literally, dear listener, like <laughs> we have the recorded evidence, in fact, that you no less than 10 seconds ago asked me what episode it was. I just couldn't believe it. That's all. It's going to be... We get, I mean, are, are we, we going to say something? We say that every time. I know, but know, it's actually but... in close to a, a genuine milestone in, a, in, in like any podcast's career. Instead of like me flipping out, episode 12, oh my god. Episode 50 is kind of like a a it big is... deal. Should we do something for episode 50? Have we, have we thought about this? I don't... No. Email us. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the email for this week. Oh, what? Maybe we could do a live episode. We could stream the episode on Facebook. That could be... Is that possible? Is that within I, our technology to do? I think... I think... Yes. Email we, us that. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon we could. Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Probably with your internet. Yeah. A bit. Yeah. Ah. Oh. Cool. All yeah. right. <laughs> Stay tuned. Genius for moment. <laughs> two weeks from now, where yeah. we will live stream episode 50 on the interwebs. The only thing about that is we're going to actually have to find, pick a date for it and... And advertise it. it. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to have to, like... We could, we could live field viewer questions. And we can't... Um, we we have to get our game faces on, you know? We're not, we're not faces for radio anymore. <laughs> Oh, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, that's stay, our plan. You stay tuned Epi- for episode, that. Episode over, I guess. We've we've done all we needed to do. <laughs> and, done here. And that's that. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll give you guys a, a date. Yeah, we'll give you a date. Yeah, but this time. is episode 47 of A Beer With Sam and Peter. Yeah, we're going to work our way up to 50. Yeah. And, and we're drinking beers uh, after yeah. the absolute <laughs> just... The tea terribleness that was the tea fiasco. Yeah, uh, we're back to drinking beer, and we're drinking another Burley Brewing Co. beer that we've had. Yeah. Um, is it just the one? We might we, have had a I couple. I think we've just had Big Head. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. So this is another similar sort of. Well, not not similar, I suppose. It's got carbs in this one. Yeah, they've always um, got a lot of a lot of like they got a lot of spunk. Yeah, Burley yeah. Brewing so so the the one that we're drinking this week is uh the burley brewing co Hasselhop session ipa and i see what they did there with that one <laughs> see what they did it's a beautiful like the only reason kudos to, to burley brewing company throughout there because we totally got taken in by the impressive shapes and colors oh yeah on this Absolutely. box that's why i saw it it's got like a, a rubik's cube design um which i think and features... it's got ni- nice bright colors as well so yeah. it stands out um but with, with children yeah <laughs> And I suppose we could be counted as children. No, never. Yep. Someone's We're far children. too old. We're old men. We're I old hands at the at the podcast game, Sam. <laughs> Getting too old for that. I'm like, am I I'm too old Daddy for this? <laughs> are you, and, or are you Daddy Glover and I'm... Of the two of am us. I, am, I don't really want maybe, to... Maybe we're both Daddy Glover. I feel like... I don't want to be Mel Gibson. <laughs> yeah. I feel like... <laughs> Yeah, do you know bloody Tai Chi? I could learn. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, no, I feel like both of us, with our powers combined, we equal Danny Glover. They're not not Just curmudgeonly and done with life. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, yeah. Any, anyway, cheers, cheers Sam. Yeah. We'll, taste, we'll taste this beautiful beast. I quite like that. It is, it is a tasty brew. Mm. I think it's... Um, it, I think I probably would have compared this to Big Head had it not been from Burley Brewing. There's no, something no, about it's, it. it's comparable to the um, three-quarter time session ale. Because mm. it, it is a session ale. It's um, not quite as um, fruity as the yeah, three-quarter time. Yeah. I like it better, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. You're not a fruity man. See, I'm, I'm just a fruity man. I mean, I like... I like um, Stone and wood and that kind of thing. And in fact, I was drinking stone and wood last night oh, at yes. a concert I went to. Right I, there. I went and saw um, 
big scary play at the Tivoli it was yeah. good fun now I was really disappointed when I first read the back of this because such a pretty shiny thing I thought it'd have a nice blurb that we could read out turns out it's not on the bottle but it's on the box a little yeah. four pack that they sell yeah and before I read it out I just want to let everybody know this won three gold medals at the world championship of of beer I guess in 2014, 2013, and 2015, it won a gold medal for exceptional. Like, look at that. A gold medal. It doesn't actually say where it won the yeah, gold medal. It won for. the Burley Brewing Co. gold medal. <laughs> it won the, the medal that we awarded ourselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but here, here we go. Here's the blurb. It's pretty cool. Puzzlingly good, strong, pale ale. Mm. Apparently, there are two sides to every argument. But when five of our brewers got together to debate their favorite hops... Not surprisingly, there were five sides. Not quite a cube, but almost. So rather than take sides, we decided to create a brew that combined them all. Striking a balance that brought out the best characteristics of each hop without compromising the others But all, uh, was about the toughest thing we've ever done. But finally, everything lined up perfectly to create this beautifully balanced, highly hoppy, strong pale ale. It's the Rubik's Cube design. Or it's more like a fourth dimensional cube, I guess, with the... The added fifth flavour. But anyway. Weird. Weird. Still not as good as the mole people one. We no, get to no, beat the that, mole people one. Yeah, the the bloody um, we started Dos Blocos. Yeah, we started strong and went downhill with the with the reading of the blurb. But it's it's a good beer. It's good blurb, good beer, and it's it's tasty. I would I would buy this again, mm. for sure. Very nice. Slowly building up a roster of beers that I could um suggest to people as well. Yeah. I feel like after doing 46 episodes of this show, um, I could have, it, like, not, not two, but one response from most beer drinkers. You know, like, if someone said, I like this kind of thing, I'd be like, oh, this is, you, could, you should drink this. Yeah. This would definitely, it, this would definitely, yeah, I would recommend this one to people. It is nice. I'm, mm. I'm liking it. Certainly, yeah. yeah, certainly more than it's, some of the beers we've had. So, <laughs> What, what, of all the beers that we've had, which has been your least favourite? Ah. Because I can say now mine, without a doubt, was the smoked porter. Yeah. I, that, I, was, that was just not good. Smoked porter immediately came to my mind. I was just wondering whether we were talking drinks or specifically beer. Because if, if we're just talking drinks, the Ikea brand, like, one, uh, yeah, 1% IKEA, alcohol cider. Oh, it wasn't even 1%. It was like 0.001%. <laughs> The one where you could yeah. you swore you could taste the alcohol even though there's no chance of that whatsoever. I, uh, I did not enjoy that. That was horrible. Mm-hmm. The like apple soft drink. But probably yeah, no probably the porter smoked. Yeah, it's got to yeah. be. What's been your favorite? I don't know. This is pretty good. Yeah, you're considering this. Yeah, I don't know. Stone and Wood's pretty good. We've had Stone and Wood in the podcast. It's pretty hard to beat. We've had three quarter time session ale on the podcast, which I. Yeah, I, I wasn't a massive fan of that. I think this is better. I think the Lazy Yak I quite like, which I can't remember if we've had. I'm pretty sure we've had it. I think we've only had Fat Yak and Wild Yak, but we, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Some Both were pretty good. can go through. Email 150 us. 150 lashes. Yeah, yeah. email us. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to check that, that one day and it's just going to skyrocket from zero to like a thousand. That's what I, that was what I would like. I mean, it's probably going to be a thousand spam emails and like porn website links that are hidden somewhere but <laughs> it'll be a step up still yeah we you've checked it this week and and no dice no dice so far no oh, that is sure is unfortunate you just wait peter it'll happen it'll happen it'll, it'll happen. happen we'll get the email eventually yeah no even if we have to like accost our friends and family into doing it we will get an email we that's, will get fan mail that's how it starts <laughs> if this, you're listening and this like, email is from chris in Brisbane. Yeah. <laughs> this email is ah. from Mr. Johnson. Wait, Sam? <laughs> I emailed us. <laughs> I'm not proud of it, but I did it. <laughs> Man, those hosts are attractive. Oh, <laughs> uh, dear. Well, you guys can decide whether, whether, whether we're attractive when we, when we live stream. <laughs> yeah. That'll oh, be man. interesting. That'll be My grandmother fun. will be watching, I'm sure. We'll have like one... <laughs> one viewer. I really, really admire those guys. Like I've seen, I have a few friends on Facebook that um, are doing their various streaming things and they link it to Facebook. 
and they'll just have the stream going. Yeah. And they might go for a couple of hours, and any time I get on there, it says, like, it goes from zero viewers to one viewer. <laughs> and <laughs> and I'm like, like, good fucking on you. You know, like, they don't care. They're just throwing it up there, and if you watch, well, you know, that's... I guess that's good, but it doesn't matter. I guess. Much. Yeah. It's, uh... It's nice. Yeah, absolutely. And after watching like streamers, like really popular streamers, you're like, wow, I'm the only one in here. (laughs) And I'm a special snowflake. Yeah. And no one's yelling at me about things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, how's life, Sam? You must be feeling so great. Your uni exams are over. Your like... Degrees over. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I'm yet to graduate. I'll graduate, you know, God willing, on the 21st of next month. Still, that's bloody exciting. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's still sort of settling into me, I think. You know, I think we all deal with exams differently. And when I, when I finish my final one, you know, I... I it, for me, I don't... It's It doesn't really affect me too much until I see the mark. Yeah. You know, I don't feel relieved until then. Like, some people um, can be confident in their addition of marks. when, like, You know, you do the exam and you have a rough idea. You know, I did that and have a rough idea... But I just don't count. I don't. I don't count it for shit. Yeah. You know, like anything could go wrong or right. Um, in this last subject, I had an, an assignment that sort of like confirmed my way of thinking because I handed it in and like I was like, oh, I just want to hand in enough of this to like pass this assignment because like I have no idea what's going on. But I'll be damned if I'm not writing down something for any of it. So I just sort of like scrambled, fumbled around. Um, no help. My mate was like a, um, wasn't doing that assignment, something like that. And, uh, I got, that was, I got like 20 out of 20 full marks for that assignment. And I was like, how did it happen? (laughs) I was pretty convinced that I didn't even answer every question. (laughs) So anything could happen. That's what I'm saying. So you could be the new ducks of, ducks (laughs) of UQ. Yeah. So, um, I don't celebrate until I see the mark mostly, but it is, it does feel good. It's allowed, I've immediately started moving on to other like doing things that I've been putting off. Doing. Yeah, you've be, you've taken up woodworking, I which have. I think is an interesting pursuit. I've um, I've dabbled. My father's a good woodworker, but you know I've never really taken that personal interest. But uh, I started. Um, you went out and bought tools. Yeah, I went out and bought a lot of money's worth of tools. Tools are bloody expensive. They man. are expensive, and you can never have enough tools. There's with- always like with woodworking, especially. There's always like a that. There's always like that one really specific tool for this one really specific thing that yeah. you could always buy. You could buy you could buy that. But um I had to buy I get like the simple ones. Yeah. And, and and my my sort of line of thinking um with woodworking and it's not a something that I like like other people who, who think who do things differently like that I I think they're wrong. Absolutely don't. Mm. I think a lot of like those tools for specific things are really cool. Um but I've taken to like the as simple as you can get with your like hand tool hand tooling stuff. So um, I don't have to, I shouldn't have to buy that much theoretically. Yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, you can get jigs and stuff to do everything. And if you're in Brisbane, I would highly suggest looking up a makerspace or maybe even going to the Edge, which is where I plan to go from some of my other stuff. And I feel like I can advertise this as a government thing anyway. But at the State Library in Brisbane, and I'm sure probably. It's even better in other places like yeah. Melbourne. Um, there's, a, there's, a, there's a center called The Edge, um, which is like a maker's space that the that they've set, the government set up there. You, so you go in, you pay $25, you do a safety demonstration. And then it's free for you to just turn up and use their stuff. And I think a lot of people like me like initially had this I- idea of it as... When my, book, my, my girlfriend first suggested it to me as this, like, this oh, place with like a bunch of like you know, mistreated shitty tools because they've been released to the public and stuff. Yeah. And I thought, no, I'll just, I'll just take care of my own stuff. I'm doing chisel things. You got to have good chisels. Um, but I had a look at it. It's, it's, I mean, I plan to have some fun there. Probably not with the woodworking, but they have a, they have 3d printers, laser really? cutters, you know, CNC machines. That's cool. Yeah. So I'm planning on, on doing some things. I'm making 3D a C chest and I think I might, um, I've seen a couple of designs for like a ratchet lock, which is kind of like the thing where you just turn it and it like sort of plonks open. 
but like designs for locks that, um, you know, are like impossible to make with tools, but you can yeah. 3d print it. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's badass. Yeah. I, I suppose you probably have to bring your own, excuse me, um, like cartridges and stuff. Uh, you the can, printer. they have them there and you pay for the material right, that yeah. you use to 3d print. But you know, with 3d printer material, like plastics and stuff, it's all very cheap. Mm. So it's the future, Sam. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty, pretty yeah, pretty awesome. Now I'll still be doing all my shit, like all my dovetails with like a chisel and saw. Ah, uh, yes, dovetails. Otherwise, it's not like well, because because good, good man, dovetail. Good man. That's that's how I do my dovetails. Well, dovetailing is the kind of thing, right, where you could just totally get a laser cutter to do that for you. I mean, the only reason that you have a good dovetail in the end is if it's like exactly the right size and shape and wedges into each other, right? It's like teeth. That is, like a good, that's, that's a good point. Why don't you just use a laser cutter? Exactly. Well, then, <laughs> that sort of defeats the point of what I am doing. Um, but yeah, so you have something handcrafted. You can have something laser crafted. Exactly. <laughs> no, I might use. I'll use the. I'll print it. I'll three D print my lock because I don't like metal. It scares me. Um, and I might like three D. I'll, I'll use like the laser cutter to like engrave like a, something fancy into it. Like come up with like a crest. Sam Johnston Crest, <laughs> where it's like a regular like coat of arms, but there's something deeply wrong with it. <laughs> like the Parks and Recreation thing. Have you seen that? The first thing that was ever created for Parks and Recreation was the Pawnee, um, like, badge or like yeah. sigil or whatever. And it's like almost every other state's or like territory's little badge, except the two dudes that are on it. In the background, there's all these, lo- like, there's, there's all, there's this, all these logged trees and this guy who's cut down the last tree and in the foreground is this dude looking like really proud of himself who's shot the last bison (laughs) 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 I quite like that so I had the idea of making a crest with something deeply wrong in it that you have to sort of look at it a bit harder to work out I never noticed that in the Parks and Rec crest Mm. that's interesting yeah and also pretty hilarious yeah there you go so I, I throw myself into that and cleaning, I probably have to do a lot of cleaning. Uh, more of a mundane thing. Uh, never fun. Never fun. Yeah. What about you? I don't know, man. I've just been, I suppose, working and stuff. Mm-hmm. I started going to the gym again, which is good. Um, the temple of iron. The temple of iron. To pump iron and <laughs> lift heavy things. Feel the pump. Yes. Feel the burn. Mm-hmm. And I've got that thing, like, I, I did curls for the first time in, like, months. Yeah. And I had this really weird thing where now I can't, like, stri- like stretch out my arms properly. Right. I have to have my elbows a little bit bent because it, it hurts too, too Because much. you just done it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I absolutely understand that. Um, like, the, the only time I ever set foot in a gym <laughs> was <laughs> um, when it was our high school gym. Because there was a facility that was open to us. Yeah, and we had to do it for PE. Uh, no, uh, I didn't do that. Um, but you weasel out. I weasel. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like a week, as if it would, we would have had enough time to change anything. But like a week before schoolies, oh, man. we decided to get hot schoolie bods. <laughs> <laughs> and so um, it's a tale as old as time itself. And I did like some proper. Like, I learned the technique well, you know? I'm sure you did. So, I did some proper, like, curls and then, like... But it was, like, just straight into it, you know? <laughs> like, without doing anything beforehand or after. And, like, my arms, I were just, like, destroyed. I thought they were, I'd done some serious damage to them. I couldn't, like, open them up, like, stretch them properly, just like you were saying. And they just sort of, like, hurt and I just walked around, like... <laughs> like a dude with, like, you know, you know yeah, yeah, like a muscle. Like, puff your chest out, like... <laughs> yeah. My arms are so muscly, I can't straighten but them. But really, like, was, I was only walking like that because I was like... I only, I if, I, about, if I have my arm in any other yeah. position, it's agonizingly painful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't worry, Sam, we've all been there. And it took me eight, like, I just sort of, like, set out my arms, just, like, drop them on, like, things. Yeah. It's, that's how I was, uh, uh, But it, it, it sucked. It took a while to get back to normal, too. I don't know. I'm kind of... I kind of enjoying the feeling. Oh. Yeah, I didn't enjoy it. And then I never came back. Never went to the gym it was, again. It, it, like, like, that was enough for you to just mm-hmm. kill your ambitions of being, like, a beefcake? A beef- <laughs> <laughs> yep. Pretty much. Pretty much. Well, speaking of beefcakes, homework movie this week. Yes? <laughs> Not really. 
I mean, uh, it's the least graceful segue I've almost ever done. Speaking of cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, speaking of none of that, uh, Gangs in New York was yeah, the moment movie which, this week. Which has no cake. I mean... No beef cakes either. No, no beef cakes. A lot cake. of beef. A lot no, of not beef. Even, not even... A, oh, a lot of pork. A lot of pork. Yeah. God, we're just ramshackled. Yeah, we're just um, gonna drive through this segue like a like a freight train. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we watched Gangs of New York uh, like a, a matter of minutes ago. Yeah, like the movie finished like ten minutes ago, and we were like, God, "Podcast, thank time. God that's done." Yeah, was how I was feeling. Um, An initial reaction: thumbs God. up, thumbs thank down, God, thumbs sideways. Oh, um, you know what? Thumbs. And I'm sorry about this because I just heard from our like mate Chris, who get you know he's been on the podcast a couple of times. We mentioned him. Like that, he he enjoyed the movie, so I I feel sad, but definitely down, just definitely down. It was me. yeah, it was it was. There are a number of problems with it. Before we like, I also thumbs down. Before yeah. we really get into it, though, I'll just briefly describe. Yeah, the plot. you summarize it. So it's set in the eighteen forties to sort of eighteen sixties, sixty three, like relatively modern New York after the um. I think it was after the Civil War, during the Civil War. Well, no, it was during the Civil War because it was it ended with the the sixty three New York draft riots. Yeah, they were drafting people for the for the union. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's about the gangs that run like one of the boroughs of New York. Called Five Corners. Uh, five five fingers. Five points. There, five yeah. points. Um, which was like where it was like a five way intersection of a bunch of streets, basically. Yeah. Um. And the movie starts with a battle between uh, Daniel Day-Lewis and Liam Neeson. Uh, seemingly a battle in Middle Earth. Yeah. As we start off in these in, ridiculous... In the, in, the, in, the like, pit, in the pits of... In the pits of, of Mines of Moria. <laughs> yeah. Well, not the, yeah, not the Mines of Moria. It's like the... What's uh, what's Saruman's Tower called? Oh. Uh, where they oh have... God. Where they like, spawn all the Urukai. Uh Shit. <laughs> I've just blanked. I should know it. Yeah, so I should definitely I. should know it. I've seen those movies so many. Anyway, God. it's it's like it's like Urukai orc pits yep. where they're it's like people sharpening knives. The Dead and... Rabbits gang is getting ready for this big like Anchorman esque, very Anchorman esque showdown. Yeah, and yeah, it, it like the movie starts with a, with a fight between Liam Neeson and Daniel Day Lewis. Yep, and a bunch uh, of other well known Irish actors. But yeah, basically the it's the it's the Irish gang, like a bunch of Irish immigrants, basically yep. versus the the pounders of the 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 the, blood, the, so, the blood so, gang. soggy bottom boys. So, <laughs> they just they stand there and they announce the, it. The Ameri- it's like the American Patriots or or whatever. Yeah, I quickly realized that this film is better enjoyed if you don't think of it as being set in some sort of historical like. 1800s New York, but in like a fictional universe, in like Narnia, New York. Yeah, it's very much. I think it for you and I, it was better to think of it that way. But it's it's very much going for like this historical realism, telling this story about this period of history right. that is and I think that's where very very heavily embellished, but um, but is meant to be sort of somewhat grounded in reality. Anyway, yeah. it, it's like a battle between them and uh, Daniel Day Lewis, like. Knife kills the butcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the butcher kills. Liam uh, he kills Liam Neeson and um, little, Liam Le- Neeson, little Liam Neeson's son. is like, oh, he killed my dad, and the butcher's like, oh yeah, we'll take care of his son. He was a worthy foe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it flashes forward to sixteen years later, and um, Leonardo DiCaprio is he's returned. Yep. He's all returned, and Nathan Montoya has returned. <laughs> yeah. You killed my father. Prepare to die. Yep. And that's basically the story until about an hour. That, yeah. That's like basically the story that's for two hours is like this whole buildup of Leonardo DiCaprio infiltrating the gang and like building up this plan to mm. kill the guy who killed his father. Struggling with the, you know, the the Daniel Day-Lewis character becoming a father figure for him and he's torn. And- yeah. Um, and and, and that's, 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 that, that's kind of the movie. And then it takes this crazy turn where it tries to recontextualize what the whole movie about which is this really straightforward revenge tale like gangster revenge tale yeah and tries to turn it into like bring all this other context of what was happening in new york and sort of wider america like boat fixing and and like and obviously ultimately the draft riots and you know like all that kind of stuff and it 
and, it was and like so the, the, confusing. The, up, the uprisings of the the poor and, and that kind of thing, and it it's just it just massively mishandles it, and it just changes like, on its like own. It, it changes on this this point where Leonardo DiCaprio he finally has his like assassination yeah. attempt of Daniel James Bond style setting with like this Chinese party, even though the Chinese didn't immigrate really until later. Well, well actually, actually, I, w- I was reading a, a Wikipedia thing that said, in fact, that entire borough was more. Like, it had already kind of been taken over by and made into Chinatown. Oh, really? By that point in history, yeah. Oh, I thought the Chinese didn't really come until later. Uh, I, I don't know. The point is, it's not... It, it, although it's this film that's all about, like, American history, mm. a lot of it... It got a lot of its history and stuff wrong. Um, and it's... Yeah, yeah. And, and it's like trying to bring all this history stuff together and it just doesn't pull it off yeah. properly. But it ends... It's, and, and, that and, assassination, right? Like, he comes... He's going, he's got the, he's got like a, he's going to throw a knife at Daniel Day-Lewis. It's this big thing, you know, and what you're thinking is this is going to go wrong. And then he's going to fight Daniel Day-Lewis, like man's man. And it's going to be like a combination there. And that's the kind of movie that you feel like you're watching. And then he goes to throw the knife, Daniel Day-Lewis, as I predicted. Deflects the knife. the knife with his knife. Yeah. Stabs Leo in the gut, brands him a little bit, but not much. And then just lets him go. And then what proceeds on Daniel Day-Lewis's part as we sort of tell this weird historical story as a complete different, like, movie... Yeah, it, it, is that he, he just woefully, like, fails to capitalise on the fact that he could have killed Leonardo DiCaprio at multiple points, and he just sort of doesn't. And, and, then, and Leonardo DiCaprio being alive, he suddenly becomes this folk hero and unites all the Irish immigrants or something? Yeah. It's... And then, and then you know what you think then? And when it's like, oh, he was allowed to... So Daniel Day-Lewis apparently just let him live, uh, like put up like dead rabbits as like a sign that his gang was back in broad daylight, uh, you know, do all this stuff, strap up a guy like in the middle of the town square, all, the, all this stuff, and, and he, just, he does nothing. And what, you th- what I was thinking at that point was like, why didn't... Leo could have just done this at the start of the film. Then, what was the point of infiltrating? Yeah, it's Daniel not like Lewis's he didn't game. already have the motivation to kill Daniel Day Lewis. Yeah, it's it's weird, man. It's like seriously, guys, it tells like it's like one movie and then it just swaps to like this weird, crappier movie. Yeah, of like the the draft rights and the retelling of that and like rich people playing pool and gloating and stuff it's, yeah it's like, like it was it was an okay movie up until that point and then yeah. it just nosedived and it really and it was a really well regarded movie when it came out like mm. this scorsese historical drama that like won it, it won a golden globe and it was nominated for oscars and all that kind of stuff which i find um, crazy and it really struck me as one of those movies that americans really get into because it's a glorified romantic take on their own history yeah and i think as australians because there aren't really all that many movies like that which tell like significant and important parts of our history we just don't get that sort of patriotic like back padding almost that yeah this movie really struck me as yeah like it took it it's like it's an easy way to make something that's like puts up is put up for awards if you make it about a subject matter in America that is sad or controversial or you know something where people feel that it's the patriotic need for like to just um you know like give that movie props like that if you criticize that movie it's like criticizing your own history yeah you know or like oh what are you talking are you saying are you, are you like saying that like all these dudes like the two like 120 people who lost their lives in the draft day riots you know are you, are you, are you saying like that you don't care about them or you know like that kind of thing yeah it just massively blew a bunch of the stuff that i like for the large i think most of its stuff was grounded in history but it was just really embellished for the big screen which I think the doesn't work as well. The Anchorman they, style Like, fight. actually, the Anchorman, like, parallels with all the fights. Like... A very, I, very I, strong. I think it probably was like that when these gangs got together to fight. Like, they agreed on a time and a place, and then they all showed up, 
lined up in front of each other. No touching of the hair or face. No touching of the hair or face. And then yeah. they beat each other to death with bats and clubs and knives. Mm. But it, it, it is a bit of a ridiculous sort of thing. Then coming out of like the, the Urukai pits, like the slow walk, as more and more guys, like, and you know what added to like the whole Liam anchor thing is like random, like well-known actors would just start appearing with like different, like, like claymores and John C. Riley and, and Brendan Gleeson and <laughs> all um, these guys. Yeah. A good part, which I did think was really good in the movie, was Daniel Day Lewis's performance. Oh yeah, I mean, he was as he always was pretty he was great. Yeah, I mean, he, nothing he, to say. He anchored the movie. He was a great villain. Um, yeah, he just got a bit of short shrift at the end, I mm. think, which is a real shame. That scene. Um, that scene, you know. <laughs> I laughed a lot, but that was only because I was with you. But that scene where, like, you know... Um, oh, Cameron Diaz is in this movie, by the way, guys. Uh, when, like, uh, Leo sleeps with Cameron Diaz, and then, like, he wakes up, and there's, like, just Daniel Day-Lewis is just, like, there, covered in an American flag. Yeah, that was pretty <laughs> fucking good. ridiculous, i got to say. That was uh, that was great. That was a great scene. Um, I loved his character. I loved the characters. I liked the character design. It was yeah. very... It was, like, over embellished and um that allowed them to do some great character design like some crazy costuming and like their weapons and um and all of that kind of thing daniel day lewis's like eagle eye and that kind of stuff i enjoyed that just don't think it was a great yeah it, it just the like story the just didn't come t- the story and the plot just didn't come together like it really should have and then it ended like in the end i was just left feeling like what was the point of all of that that just happened yeah like the ending of the movie is that he he kills his enemy and then it's this weird narration over the top which says although these events which seemed really significant at the time happened eventually they're just going to fade into obscurity yeah, and there's like and a time lapse of new york yeah it's like it was just a lot of like holier than it like thou like filming like film making at the end that it did the movie did not earn that level of like gravitas at all where you like you have like that time lapse scene with the graveyard and stuff like yeah I, in the last 10 minutes they like kill off all the side ca- like all of the side characters yeah, for and no you know reason what? a lot of people did die in those rights that's that's absolutely true but it just the way they did it and everything it just didn't it wasn't a good retelling of that and you can take a just a tragic serious moment in history and make a bad movie about it and that's still a bad movie right like you still yeah. just treat, should treat it as a bad movie Daniel Day Lewis's performance was fine it was, it was, it was damn fine it was I, yeah, I think it was good I Le- think it was it was really great I mean it's his performances are always great Leonardo DiCaprio like performance was pretty Leo like as normal was okay I mean his accent was awful but I hear that that's like a thing that everyone knows about the movie yeah I don't know. Le- yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't think he was... Like, his, his it was character like, was yeah. fine and stuff, but it was just... It was a bit all over the place, the story, I just thought. And yeah. it was tough to like... And it was all over the place for, like, three hours, which got me really fatigued by the end of it. Yeah, it was far too long. I, I felt tired. I don't know. I guess it's definitely not the worst movie we've watched as a home at movie. I don't know why I'm feeling so negative about it, but I just... I'm almost expecting a lot more from it. Um, Just based on, on the fact that it's... Directed by Scorsese, and it stars Daniel Day-Lewis and Leonardo DiCaprio. And a bunch of other guys that we know. Yeah. You know? What do you, what did you think? A little, another, like, an added layer for me of confusion was Cameron Diaz's whole character and storyline was... Her whole character and storyline was she was, like, an orphan, basically, who lived on the streets, and yet Daniel Day-Lewis took her in, and then eventually she started having sex with him. Yeah. And that was her story arc. She started having sex with him when she was like uh, still still a minor. Yeah, she like took him when it, like when she was twelve. She was taken in by him, and then she got pregnant, and she had like a cesarean like abortion, and then Bill decided not to sleep with like minors anymore, and or something. I don't, then, she, I, then she has this relationship with Leo, and and he's all weirdly jealous. And then, well, it's not, I suppose this makes sense. And then, but he's not jealous enough not to sleep with her. Yeah, and I don't care about her at all. Really, I don't know. I think it's just a product of the yeah, yeah. It 
it had to have a female role in it, and that's just what Hollywood roles for females are, unfortunately. Like, I don't well, know. Well, hey, hey, that was... Uh, let us not forget another great female role was that chick with, like, the Wolverine claws and the filed-down teeth. Who we looked who, up afterwards was a real person. Like a real person. She's the real one out of all those gang members. She's the real one. I couldn't, I couldn't believe that. That yeah, was great. fucking weird. It just... I don't know. It didn't have the, like, Goodfellas Casino snappy dialogue and that kind of thing either. Yeah. Uh, apart from Daniel Day-Lewis. Whose dialogue was great. Yeah. It's, it just was, the, the, was the a movie, bit of a letdown. Daniel Day-Lewis managed to carry the movie that was the first hour and a half of this. Mm. Right? Like, I was on board with watching it. It was like a bit of a surreal, like, sort of over-embellishment. But I got into the world and that was okay. And I was into this revenge story slash sort of like departed style thing where he sort of gets like to know the guy and... Once you've been taken under the wing, what did the guy say? Once you like take, once you're taken under the wing of the dragon, it's quite warm in there. Yeah, and I, you know, I got that theme like throughout the whole thing, right? And I like, I sort of, I had that same reaction as I had. I just want people to like not like each other and for all to be okay. (laughs) So I had the same reaction that I did when I watched the part of I'm like, oh, just. I'll just work for Jack Nichols. (laughs) So yeah, I was like, oh, just work for the butcher. It's all right. Just go stab pigs together. Um, yeah, I, I thought actually one of the best scenes in the film was the scene in which Leo saves him from the guy uh, being the shot. assassin. Yeah. Um, and, and then his whole reaction to that of like wrestling with this, did he genuinely say, did like, he could have just let him die and that would have been his mission over, but he saved yeah. him because he feels did some he... sort of connection with this guy who has become mm. a bit of a father figure for him. And yeah, it's, and I, I like watching people succeed, you know, and, and rise up and grow a relationship and things. So whenever I watch those like mob infiltration movies, it kills me because I'm just like, oh, just join the mob. <laughs> <laughs> this goes so well. You've done really great. You know, you put it in your CV, you got noticed, getting promoted, mm. getting bigger and bigger hats. <laughs> oh, great hats. It's going well. You know, um, so uh, I was on board for that, and then as soon as that assassination attempt failed, the whole there was like a whole weird that, assassination that was, scene yeah, with that, Cameron that, that Diaz, that and it just all slocked off to shit. Yeah, which is a shame. Mm-hmm. Uh, a video game which is really like this is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Yeah, set in London, and it's, but it's all about like gangs fighting each, fighting each other and that. The butcher, the butcher. I mean, I'm sure there's a guy called the the butcher, or, or in, in in an English accent. Um, so if you did like this movie, play that game because it's kind of similar. But again, it has an Assassin's Creed story and it's an Assassin's Creed yeah, game. Yeah, that's always so the they, those unfortunate are... part of playing an Assassin's Creed game these days is that there's an Assassin's Creed story that you have yeah, to go through. Yeah, like the, the sort of more interesting, like fun gang stuff. Yeah. Could have been good, but just... Same with just the pirates. Fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, so my yeah, overall I, assessment of the movie, like we always do at the end of these, uh, would not recommend actually, probably. Yeah, me, me too. Um, cause if you got three hours spent doing something else, yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um, let's so, kind of, kind of, a speaking down, of like, but, yeah, yeah, gangster type stuff. Yes. Move um, on. The new season, uh, well, season two of Fargo has just come on Netflix. Mm. Uh, have you ever watched Fargo? No. So you told me actually multiple times to watch Fargo. Yeah, so it's this TV series. Uh, they've had they're currently on their third season, um, ten episode seasons, mm-hmm. produced by I think FX, who does they don't do The Walking Dead. They do I don't know one. It's one of those other like premium American yeah. cable TV now, stations. Let me ask you this before like before you go further, just because I'm making sure I've got the right show. Yeah. Is, does Kirsten Dunst have a role in this? Yeah, yeah. she's in season two. Okay, because I saw one episode of Fargo, and it's and unfortunately for me, it seemed to be an important one, where someone was like dying, and Kirsten Dunst was there. Yeah, it was probably. all coming to a head. Yeah, so probably. I, unfortunately, I probably seen like the last episode of season two or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I can think of exactly the episode <laughs> you're, you're thinking of. Um, but yeah, the, the show is an anthology series. It's all based off the Coen Brothers movie Fargo, mm-hmm. which stars Francis McDormand as this like police chief, and um, it's also got Steve Buscemi in it. Yep, and it's like about murder in um, Wisconsin. Um, is that on Netflix? The movie? Is- no, 
It's not, but I would really recommend you see the movie because it's all the the sort of whole conceit of the movie is is this really unique setting in that it's set in the Midwest, which is like sort of typical Middle America. That is really con- like it, it. Sort of the thing you you know about people from the Midwest is that they're really polite. Yeah. So it is that the thing I know <laughs> from the people in the Midwest. They're a bit fat, and it's really polite, <laughs> okay. and they're really polite. Like yeah. it's kind of like. Canada, but in America. Oh, wow. That's a sweeping statement. <laughs> but I mean... That yeah. is a powder keg. And they talk funny. Um, yeah. They eat chicken, fried chicken. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and, and so it's like kind of a real... It's a, it's a bit of a different setting for an American crime story. Yeah. Um, and so season one of the show stars... Uh, uh, Martin Freeman, who's Bilbo, and also, um, bloody, not Daniel Day-Lewis, Billy Bob Thornton. Oh, okay. Um, and it's about this this crazy murder happens in this sleepy Midwestern town called, mm. I think it hap- it's in Fargo, um, town of Fargo or county of Fargo or whatever, and all the, like, craziness that happens around that. And it's, like, and then season two is set 20 years before the first season, mm-hmm. and it follows... One of the characters, like when they were back when they were younger, okay. Um, and sort of season one is all about this, um, this really crazy assassin guy, and sort of the fallout from his actions. And season two is all about these warring mob families. Oh, okay. And one and of Kirsten the Dunst. and Kirsten Dunst, and it, and it like fo- it, it follows. Um, so, so 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 like the setup for season two is this. Um, massacre which happens in a diner and um, with one of the members of the this old crime family mm. um, and sort of the fallout of all that and the that sort of and how Kirsten Dunst and uh, uh, Jesse Plemons who you'd know from he's in he's in heaps of stuff but I I he's know in the him, episode I, saw I know him from from Friday Night Lights yeah um, he plays Landry in Friday Night Lights but he's in he's in like heaps of stuff. Um, and his wife like runs over with her car, uh, one of the like sons of the, of the mob. Yeah. And that gets her, her and her husband dragged into this big crazy thing. And it's just really, really well written. It builds tension amazingly. It's this really unique kind of setting and... It's just re- it's just really well acted and, and written, and I think people should definitely go and see it. So season two is now just come on Netflix. Yeah, Peter's um, endorsement. Se- yeah, season three is now um, coming out. I think they've had seven episodes or something like that. Okay. Um, there'll be a ten episode season, and it's yeah, really good. I'd really recommend yeah. people go and see it. So yeah, good. Not much of a not really a segment starter, but I, I wanted to just briefly add to that for for those who care. Uh, the Animal Kingdom Season 2 came out on Netflix. That show continues to surprise me. It is really, really good. It's something I look forward to every week, more than any other show. Hmm. Um, I think it's really and, well and it's coming out episode by episode. Coming out episode Netflix. by episode, which is a little different. For me, anyway. I know there's a few... Yeah, there are a number of other shows, yeah. shows that do it, but yeah. But it's, it's, it's quite good. I recommend you get into it. Um, if you, if you like, what, liked the Australian movie... And the thought, I'm not going to watch an American TV show of it. Yeah. I understand that impulse, having been a big fan of Rake and stuff like that. Oh, American Rake. Yeah. But um, this is actually really good. And it and it, feel, it slowly fills the shoes that it's being given to. I feel like a real... I feel like the writers and stuff especially have um, really stepped up to the plate throughout the season one and now mm. into season two. You know, they've gotten a lot better and a lot more... like. They really want to do their own thing with these characters because basically this whole season one of the show is um, their diff- very different version of the movie and the and the, and the events and stuff, um, and the show diverts majorly from the movie at the end of the first season. Um, so now they're in completely different. You know, they they've just got their own characters and taking it their own way, and it's really good because yeah. it's not a show about. It's not a show that it remotely has anything to do with the horrific true story that the movie is based on. It's just doing its own thing. Yeah. It's quite good. 
Um, it you know it gives you it, it's interesting watching um, a story being a new story being told about characters that were written with enough dimension to get them through to the end of their arc in a movie you know and I think in a movie as opposed to a TV show a lot of those characters lives are sort of disposable once the movie ends like they've only been created to serve their purpose in this story and a lot of movies if you try and think what would they have done for the rest of their lives like it's you just can't come up with it's, anything. It's You're not, not given enough to really yeah. flesh that idea so, out. So these guys now are fleshing out these characters that were meant to be one-dimensional. And I think one of the best ones is um, is like the is uh, Pope, the guy who's the most psychotic, and he has been that character has been played twice, both by incredible actors. Um, the first time in the movie being played by uh, an actor I really like, but I've just forgotten the name of. Australian. Australian actor, um, he played, uh, this is definitely not his best role, but recently he played director Kredich in... Uh, Rogue One. Rogue One, yeah. Um, can't remember his name, maybe we'll Google it in the interim, but uh, the actor that plays him in the American version, um, I was immediately hostile to him because I love I love out the Australian actor and I just thought, like, what are you doing? Um, this is such like a real character actor's dream to play and he played it so well to stay away from it. He has done an exceptional job um, with the character. It's his own version of it. You know, this guy's American. He lives in a different place. He does different things, but he he's great. He's absolutely great. And his story is the best for me because it's so confusing to, to the viewer. Um, because as he goes through, as he's evolved past the point where the movie ends, he's... Suddenly, Ben Mendelsohn, thank you, Peter. Ben Mendelsohn, sorry, Peter's done some work behind the scenes. But he's evolved to the point where he's starting to um, redeem himself for some of the horrific shit he's done. And almost in a Breaking Bad, like, kind of, like, quandary, it's like, it, you you don't... It's tough to because you feel good for him. Um, and where he is now, he is in the right, you know, he's doing the right thing. He's being, he's, he's trying to keep people from be, for being okay. And he's trying, and he's got this weird budding relationship and things, even though he's really mentally ill. Um, and, and, so, you, and, so and you, you think back, you're like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He did kill that woman that one time, you know, for no reason. You're like, or, or, or whatever. Um, it's, it's, and it's, he's got irredeemable crimes basically. Yeah. Like, but so, uh, somehow it's just like, as the story go on, goes on and just like, it's like the kind of thing where you spend any large amount of time with any characters and you grow yeah. some sort of attachment to them. Like, it's how all these crime shows work. Like, the, the Breaking Bad and your, your House of Cards and yeah. Game of Thrones and stuff. Like, even the characters that do despicable, horrible shit, yeah. you do kind of like them. Like, one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones now is Jamie Lannister, who starts I, off the series yeah. by ba- killing a child, base or t- yeah. attempting to kill a child. Absolutely. I love Jamie Lannister. He's like one of my favorite characters in Game of Thrones, and he did that. Um, but suppose- he's, he's a good example, actually, because he goes through a genuine, like, redemption, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And and, and that that's that's tough. I think what these characters do for you, and this guy does the same Pope, right? A genuine redemption, right? Like, he he tries to care for the child, the, the woman that he ends up murdering, right? Like, he... Tries to protect everybody else. He tries to start this relationship with this woman from a church who's also done, who's like lost her son because of her negligence as a drug addict. And like, he's trying to do something like, like, like that. And also he, um, with he, the way he is and whatever's, you know, his own thing that's wrong with him, um, which is played beautifully. Like, uh, you can sort of see how he could end up being told to murder someone and do it. And 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 it's it it's it's tough for years of you to watch it because I think we're all good in for a good redemption story. We'd all like to think if someone actually does regret things, redeems themselves, all that sort of stuff, that we wouldn't still blame them for things. But that's a tough thing to actually do in real life is to not it's just forgive yeah, people. Yeah, exactly. For shit like that. It's like the whole idea of um our, like our whole society is built on that and like our laws and stuff we we would we are now at the point as a human civilization where we send people to prison even if it's for life 
and the whole idea that people can be redeemed and rehabilitated yeah. and hopefully then go back into society. Whereas back in the day, it would have been just, all right, you killed this guy, now you're dead. Yeah. And, and, and as someone who says, like, if, you, if you're some person who says, like, that you believe in that, that some people should be, people should be redeemed, this is like a test if you watch those, really? Could you sit down with Pope and not be, not be still thinking about that time, that yeah. like, episode and what he did? And would you feel safe? You know, like... And I think a lot of people it, could like, not answer that. The, yes, in the knowledge that this person has done something so despicable. Yeah, yeah. And as you say, irredeemable. You should watch the show. It's a really wonderful character. Yeah, it's it's, it's this, definitely this character actor. I don't know him. He's I don't know if he's been anything else. But what he's done with the character, the little traits about him, he's almost sort of he is almost sort of like. The, 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 the person that I'm least scared to be around, I would say, out of everybody. Because in the middle of this crime gang, he is not like a criminal at all. He's not erratic. He almost is like a, like obsessive compulsive in his way that he is neat and stuff like that. And this whole character gets really fleshed out when this other guy, one of the other characters whose main thing in the movie, that's his only thing until he was fleshed out in the show, was that he was gay and in that world and so was aggressive like to compensate. Right. And, uh, you know, the, he was found like in the, in the toilet with this, with a guy. And so he like, like beat the shit out of the guy. Um, you know, it said like, he was like, like attacking him or something like that. Um, and he has this sort of scene where he explains that like Pope's the kind of guy where he has this conversation with Pope. Like, like there's this guy who he's been sleeping with, who thinks he should just come out. And it says he's going to come out for him. And he asks Pope, he like describes this whole thing as when he was 12. And there was this boy at school. And he asked Pope like to, to punch him. And Pope didn't ask why. Um, he's his older brother. He just like walked over to him at the, the next opportunity and he beat the shit out of him. And he just never asked why. And he's like, so what I, he said that. And then he just mentioned this guy, who he was, not what he had done or that, he, you know, obviously about him being gay or anything like that. And, you know, like the, one of the scenes you see is like this, like Pope on a boat on like a fishing boat where he's like chopping up chum. And there's this guy in a, in like one of the crab pots is like trapped in there. Oh, Jesus. The guy's like, Hey man, <laughs> he's like, I don't know you. Like, what did you do? <laughs> Just let me know what did you do? And he's like, I don't even, I don't even know. I didn't ask. And he sort of like kicks him off. Man. Um, he's like, yeah, he's interesting. He's like, there's something wrong with him. He's a bit OCD. And he, 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 he's also very protective and yeah, manipulable. I, I, and I, th- I think like it really speaks to strong writing when you can like capture that, that sort of hum- human thing where like, Everybody is just human and doing what they believe to be the right thing and what their circumstances dictate is going to be the right choice. And like, it's not as simple as, and where I think a lot of, a lot of film and TV really falls down is it's not as simple as just, this is a bad person and they're bad because we say they're bad. And that's why the good guys are going to go and, and beat them and kill them. Because they're called and, Dr. Poison. And that's, and because they're called Dr. Poison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> but that's what really speaks to good writing and, and good characters. Something that really captures that multi... Like, it's never just there's one side to this story. It's always yeah. that there's always something more. That being said, the, the um, stories that are then really kind of terrifying are stuff like um uh bloody what's the what's the movie the one of the first homework movies we watched um uh Uh, no country for old men where it's like there is this character that he's he's just bad he's just bad yeah like a jokery kind of kind of going yeah exactly but um i I don't know yeah I, i think it's it's a good goal it's like a good lesson in goal for an actor right like we're like if your role is that of a human being? If you're playing a human, hmm. then you should be able to get the audience to relate to you in some way, no matter who you're playing. Like there's a, there's a scene where that same guy Pope is 
trying to go out on this date. But he, he never speaks that much, right? And he's just there with this look of like absolute intent and like like just blank. Um, but then sort of like comes out into your field of view and he's in this um, Miami like overly uh, like uh, overly embellished and stuff like a uh, fancy shirt store. And there's like looking at all these shirts that are meant to say stuff about you and like what's it, like he's, it, what he's actually there doing there is just he's just trying to pick out like a shirt for this date yeah you know the woman comes up to him and he's just like well this lilac would really you know go with you and he's like like looks at it like it's <laughs> like a murder victim or something like he's really like hmm <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah and, it's and, great it does a great job of yeah and, and sort of just getting back to where that sort of thing falls over mm. is like you look at the Marvel movies and the ones which are successful and the ones that aren't, and you think of the the to to me the good Marvel movie stories and the stories they've told in that universe, which are good and interesting and worth watching and thinking about, are the ones where they have good villains. Yeah. Um. And I think there's only a handful of those really, like the the Loki and Thor conflict. That is an interesting, relatable thing. Yeah. Um, because it, it's like it, a horrific, like crazy space alien acts, but it comes from a place that you can all relate to. And, and it's all about the, that like sibling rivalry. Yeah. And, and, um, like, and like ambition and standing in someone's shadow and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think, uh, Captain America Civil War was another occasion where, although it, I, I think in the end it wasn't entirely successfully pulled off. Mm-hmm. Like the, the whole idea that it wasn't just like fucking Ultron who's like, oh, I'm artificial intelligence and I'm evil because I say I'm evil and I'm going to destroy the planet and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, where it's about... It, 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 there's like slightly more depth to the conflict and, and, and that kind of thing. And you, you mm. get a bit more of the villain and, and what they're trying to do. It's not about destroying the world. It's about... Showing it's about creating discord between ideologies, and and that's what really is the conflict, rather think than it, bad guy that which we're just going to punch in the face. Yeah, think about it's the same for Marvel shows. Yeah, that and that that was another one. Like that, when everybody was like raving about Daredevil, what they were raving about most, anyway, that I talked to was is Kingpin. Kingpin, yeah, yeah. And that's not to say the rest of it was good, but that's like the big thing. And same with Jessica Jones, right? They're yeah. like, and that wasn't a humanized villain. But they were like, oh, how terrifying was that guy? You know, like... Um, Kill, that, that's Kill, a good, yeah, Killgrave, Killgrave, I think, is the best villain that has been in the Marvel thing. He's, now, he's not humanized. I think that, that this, he goes falls on the other side, right? Where they... Um, the villain... The, that, that kind of crazy villain who is sort of like irredeemably crazy, like evil, it still it works if he's done to a point where he genuinely terrifies you. You know, yeah. he, then he still adds... He like adds to the conflict and drives the movie because you're genuinely afraid of him. You you, you know, you want to escape and it like draws you in that way, you know, of like, yeah. And, but they, they, they build that depth rather than it just being, he's an evil guy. He does all this evil shit and he's evil because we say he's evil. They yeah. actually... He's evil because here, we'll show you over the course of many episodes. Yeah, exactly. And we will tell you why he's evil. Mm. And yet, and it turns out for him in particular, the answer is just, well, well he's, a, he's a bit fucked up. He's a bit fucked up. He's had a, he had terrible childhood and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't think there's many um, people who, with given the power of like letting, making people do anything, wouldn't eventually become kind of horrible. Mm. You know? Yeah. The, uh, that's a, that's a particularly, um, that's a particular power that's open to abuse given to almost anybody, you know? Um, I don't know. Well, we just went off into a discussion I I didn't expect. (laughs) We had some other stuff to talk about, but that was was good. I think that's maybe where we'll leave it for this week. Yeah. Um, Wow, we got serious, serious stuff. Um, Um, Episode 50, look forward to that. Yeah. Uh, Homework movie for next week. Uh, So next week, it's um, another, you know... Intense drama. Yeah, I think. I think it's... Um, it's real human story. It's something that, uh, you know, is in line with what we just talked about. Yeah. Genuine villains with 
some Daniel Day Death. Lewis, some Daniel Day Lewis esque performances, I think. Yeah. Um, uh, we're, we're, we're going to watch Space Jam. Yeah, Space Jam is the homework movie for next <laughs> for next week because uh, it's on Netflix and it's pretty it's pretty great. And it's about time we had a bit of a change of pace. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, it'll it'll be a, it'll be a raucous fun time for all involved. So how about you email us this week? Um, well, last week was most offensive like treat. Yeah, you ever eaten this week? Uh, maybe a uh, favorite villain. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be a good one. And, yeah. and if we get some emails, we will actually discuss them. Bonus points if it's a villain that you hated, that, that you uh, hated the fact that you sympathize, sympathize with. Yeah. 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 Um, but anyway, as always, thank you for listening, uh, dear listener person. Mm-hmm. Uh, find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash a beer with Sam and Peter. The email, by the way, that we've been talking about, whatever yeah, this whole yeah. time, is ab with sp at gmail.com. Yep. So please, please uh, shoot us some mail. Yeah, you can you can really shoot us some mail on any of the three things we've talked about in the last yeah, episode. Get, so get in touch with us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, all that fun stuff. Yeah, and look um, out for that that date and time for episode fifty. Yeah, we're we're gonna have it's gonna be a a fun time for crazy. We might be there. We, we, we might, may have set the bar too high for ourselves. We might be knows. joining the ranks of those guys who uh, sit there with zero views, but. We'll sit there stoically, you yeah. know? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna enjoy it. Alright. 